Hi, everybody. So this is really exciting. We are talking uh, about My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, this is a very exciting thing that's going to be happening over the next six months called Studio Ghibli Fest. G-Kids is releasing six different uh, of the Studio Ghibli classic films. And the first one they're going to do is My Neighbor Totoro. We saw it on uh, yesterday. And my friend Stanford is here to talk about it. Hi. <laughs> Want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Hi, Rachel. Hi, everybody. I'm Stanford Clark, and uh, I, I'm a Utah boy, friends with Rachel here uh, in Salt Lake City, and I'm a big movie fan. Uh, I have my own movie blog, which is at stanfordclark.com. I also am a big animation fan, and I write for uh, animationfascination.net, uh, mm-hmm. the animation fascination team. So uh, it's just, a, it's always a privilege to be here, Rachel. So fun to talk with you yeah, about these movies. Thank you, thank you very much. And thank you. I, uh, I was really excited when I saw this. I mean, I was kind of a little bit almost surprised because that there would be such a uh, sort of national interest in these films. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's uh, reassuring. It's, it's good to hear. And, and uh, it was really fun to see all the different, if you follow the Ghibli Fest uh Twitter handle last night to see all the people that were just so excited about it. Yes. It, that was really fun. Yeah. And I'll have you go ahead. Sorry. I was just say it's just fun to like when everybody kind of has a shared experience. Yes. At the theater is really one, fun. I with you. That's, I, that's one of the many things I love about seeing a movie at, at, at a theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw it in different theaters here, you know, in Utah, the theater I saw it at Rachel, uh, was surprising. I, it was maybe half full, which Mine was honestly, more than that. Mine was more for sure. I was so pleasantly surprised because more often than not, I mean, this is the theater that plays all those TCM movies and, and those Fathom events. I mean, this was a Fathom event, mm-hmm. but these other films, and usually, you know, my experience has been if it's a quarter full, you're lucky, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was fun. And also what was really interesting to me was the demographic. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm no spring chicken, but they, there were lots of young people, like in their t- early twenties, that mm-hmm. were there. That was, that in fact was the majority of them, and there was just so much excitement in the air. You know, they mm-hmm. clearly this was a movie that they know, and and uh, there was just all uh, there was just all this talk, very reverential talk about the film, but just there was a real sense of of uh, anticipation, mm-hmm. and that just made it all the more fun. You know, yeah, I was I was so did. happy to see that because I was. Sadly, kind of expecting it to be just kind of dead, just considering what often happens at these yeah. types of Fathom event screenings. Yeah, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised how many uh, children there were. Yeah. And considering it's subtitled, you know, that can be a challenge mm-hmm. for, for kids. Uh, but there were quite a few families that went and saw it, and I good on them for doing yeah. that because that'll be amazing a memory that they'll have. I know how fun <laughs> to see that movie on the big screen because this is the first time I've seen it on the big screen. I've only seen it on, um, you know, on the smaller screen or on D- DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, me uh, too. I I've seen Spirited Away on the big screen, yes, and me I've too. seen um, I've seen Princess Mononoke on the big screen. Have I, you? I didn't, no, I missed that one. I yeah. have seen their more recent ones, like pretty much everything, like Arietti all the way okay. through the Red Turtle. I, th- I think I've seen okay on the big screen, but uh, yeah, it's still it's really it was really really great. 
and so it's going to be fun, fun to talk about it. One and, thing, Rachel, if I could, just before mm-hmm. we go into I could mention about this the Studio Ghibli Fest. You had mentioned the, uh, the, the screening we saw was in Japanese with mm-hmm. English subtitles. Uh, in, to, to G-Kids credit, you know, who are putting this festival together, they play, this, they, they play the show on two nights. Uh, the, Sunday no- the Sunday screening is uh, the English dub version. They play an, they play an English dub version, and then the Monday night screening they play in Japanese with English subtitles. So that's the one that we both saw was the Japanese with English, which is really the one I wanted to see in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I prefer that. Me too. But, Me yeah. too. I, I mean, I think any if you're going to see it, that's you know, a win is a win, whether it's dub or uh, or sub. But, right. I, but for me personally, I would always rather see the uh, the. Uh, sub subtitles. Yeah, I, me too. I'd want to see the sub. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's really, really exciting. The only thing that I wish they were doing differently about the Studio Ghibli Fest is the films are My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Castle in the Sky, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, Spirited Away, and Howl's Moving Castle. I wish that they took out one of these and put in a Takahata. Yeah. Film. They're I all feel like, Miyazaki directed. Yeah. I feel like you should have taken maybe Howl's Movie Castle out and put, mm-hmm. um, or I don't know, or and put in either Grave of the Fireflies or Tale of Princess Kagua yeah. in there yeah. uh, because he's so amazing that I think, and I feel like his work is less well known than Miyazaki, less heralded. And so this would have been a really good opportunity to kind of right. expose to people expose, to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm hoping that they'll do this again. You know, that this will be a big success and they'll continue it and show some of these other, other films that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Me too. I hope it is too. And you know, it's worth their, their time and everything to do that. Yeah. So anyway, that'd be my only nitpick is that, but it's tough because they're also great. So I understand. Sure. Uh, uh, and I actually, sick. believe it or not, I have not seen castle in the sky. That's my, my one, uh, of these that I have not seen. What a fun way to see it mm-hmm. in this film festival and on the big screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, I, there's a few others, uh, strangely that I still haven't seen, but I'm, I'm, I'm slowly checking, checking them off. I, yeah. I watched, um, a Porco Rosso this year. I watched for the first time I watched, uh, what's it called? Valley of, I can't think of the name. From up on Poppy Hill. Oh, from up on Poppy Hill, right? Yeah, which is so a that, fairly early recent one, right? Wasn't didn't that come out just two or three years ago? I think. Yeah, it's it on the more recent side. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was really good. Uh, I I don't think there's even Tales from Ursia. I think it's way too much hate. I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's flawed movie, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of like, in my opinion, sort of like the weaker Pixar movies, there's, there's not like, it's like my friend was saying the other day, like a Pixar movie is still a Pixar movie. <laughs> right. The artistry, if, even if you get frustrated with the story or something yeah. about that, you still can just be wowed by this incredible artistry. You know, exactly. Because they're so, they're so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Tales from Mercia is the worst of the lot, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty good. Even the bad films are like, yeah. 
pretty and good. and I love Ponyo. I get, I feel like Ponyo also gets unfairly Ponyo gets sort some of hate. criticized. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. So. Yeah, I don't. Again, whatever issues I I, I have with it, I just uh, there's it's it's great to watch. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's beautiful, beautiful. And it's, it's so beautiful adorable. Art. It's the cutest yeah. thing, maybe except for Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Totoro, hard to yeah. Think. Oh my gosh. Which. Honestly, that's like the big word that I would use to describe Totoro. I would just say it is adorable. It mm-hmm. is so cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it just makes you feel good. It does. It does. It's, it's the happiest movie. It's, yeah. it's just, it, to me, it's just like, it captures the innocence of childhood and yeah. of a happy childhood in, in just a one, in, in one film, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it it, it, it's so innocent and, and and wonderful, and and even with with some of the the, the drama that's that, that's put into the, the story, still though, it's such a calm and a peaceful movie. You know, yeah. it's just it just yeah, it makes you feel so good. As we were talking about, I when it finished, I wanted just of them to play it again. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, can I please watch this again? This yeah, is such a happy movie. I was thinking about it. You, I need to have Totoro be my like sick day movie. You know, I know. Like, I'm not Seriously. feeling that good. Like I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's got to go in the rotation. <laughs> yeah. So I always Maybe. watch happy. I watch happy feet when I'm sick just cause mm-hmm. I find it very cheerful. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then, but I, I need to, to put in the, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very good, I like that. I should do that too. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is that in uh, 1988, when it was released, it was released as part of a dual feature. Yeah. Cause it's not that long of a movie. I forget right. how many minutes it is, but it's pretty short. Yeah. I, I did use it 65 minutes or seven, you know, something seven, like that. Minutes, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Let's see here. I've got it here. Do uh, says eighty six minutes on the Wikipedia, but there's no way. Uh, there's that no long. way. That's there's, wrong. Yeah, that's that's wrong. That's including shorts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it was released as a dual feature with Grave of the Fireflies, which is just so crazy. Like, can you think of two more? Different movies? <laughs> no, I can't. In fact, I, can't. I kind of am glad I haven't didn't see that as a double feature. I mean, it'd be interesting. But as as, as we were, you know, t- tweeting yesterday, like I hope they played Grave of the Fireflies first because you imagine you know, you see this incredibly yeah. joyful movie yeah. and then see this thing that's so heavy. You know, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's so heavy. Yeah, like so Grave of the sad. Fireflies is like Schindler's List heavy. Oh, like it's it's so it might even so, be more heavy than Schindler's. It's so sad. Yeah, it's brutal and yeah. it's it's so it's so good, but it's kind of a one time watch. And so yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. They needed to to put Totoro at the end to like. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to look that up. I didn't just to see. Pre- repair your heart slowly, yeah. you know. If there's some documentation, you know, about how that double feature worked. Yeah. That was news to me. That was fun. That was one of the fun things about the screening, I thought, was that that those trivia questions that they put on the loop before yeah. before the movie started. I thought I mean some of the questions were pretty you know, what's the name of the little sister? Like a you know, duh. You've seen it, you know. But <laughs> But uh, that was, uh, some of those were fun. I thought those were those were that was, that was a nice a nice way to do it. Kudos again to to G Kids and mm-hmm. Fathom Events for that. 
Well, and it's really interesting to watch as a Miyazaki fan to notice because this is one of his first movies. Mm -hmm. I think Nausicaa was first, uh, but this is one of his first. And you really see sort of his sort of tropes, I guess, if you want to call them, coming into play here. You have a young girl. All his movies pretty much, except for maybe The Wind Rises, are about uh, young girls kind of figuring out life and, mm-hmm. and dealing with like some kind of depression or, um, uh, and, or sadness that they're dealing with in their life. And, <clears throat> and there's always some sort of mysticism and usually yeah. there's some form of talking cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Isn't it? That's, animal. Yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those themes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that are recurring when you're familiar. Yeah. yeah when you get familiar with the catalog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's Here, true. We don't actually get talking, we get kind of close. So. Yeah. It's and it's neat. It is neat. And uh you know, the characters all have like that the protagonist, the young girl typically has a very similar look, you know. You, you always know yeah. you just see her and you know, <clears throat> you know uh who she is. And I don't mean that as criticism. I just I think that's almost kind of a comforting thing about <laughs> yeah, about the studio's work. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people compare this, including myself, compare it to Winnie the Pooh, sort of Japan's uh-huh. version of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Would you, would you agree with that? You know, I, I would. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't call myself a cultural <laughs> expert by any means. But I think I think there's so many similarities because, again, yeah. uh, one of the fun things about Totoro is that they don't they don't really tell you if this is in the kids' imaginations or not, but I think you, you know, looking at it as an adult, you think most likely these characters are living in these kids' imaginations. Uh, and, uh, you know, they don't have the, the associated plush toys in their, in their environment. Uh, the, the, the sisters don't, but still, since they only, since all the girls only can see them, uh, and then just the way they interact with them too, I think that's a very good comparison. <clears throat> kind yeah. of similar to the hundred acre woods. Very, very. Yeah, exactly. It's all yeah, set in nature. Yeah. And yeah. I and think... it has a mo it has emotional truth like Winnie the Pooh does. It's mm-hmm. easy to see Winnie the Pooh as sort of, Oh, it's kid stuff. But it, if you really watch it, if you really think about it, there's a lot of, of really deep, beautiful sort of stuff that sort of acknowledges the melancholy of childhood. And I love when, 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 art and film can and books and whatever can, can tap into that sort of the thoughtful nature of childhood. That it's not just sort of, I don't know, sort of poop jokes and stuff like that. No, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, because there's no bathroom humor in this movie. Not at all. Uh, And isn't that a treat, you know, number one, but right. It um, like, like Winnie the Pooh, because that's one of the things that I really like about, uh, you know, a really good interpretation of Winnie the Pooh. I don't think all the Winnie the Pooh um, things that yeah, that's Disney true. have created are all created equally. It but, is a pretty big franchise. Um, with a lot of different, you know, teams and deliverables and yeah, things, you know, that's that, they, true. that are created. But at its core, like the really Just good Just the many ones, adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The many adventures of the Winnie the Pooh. I also quite like that 2011 yeah, I do too. Winnie the Pooh. I, I think that they really, I think that... Um, the Walt Disney Animation Studios, you know, yeah. really captured it again for that for that film too, uh, with with the uh, with the innocence, with the with the with the life lessons. But again, nothing's heavy handed, and mm-hmm. and again, 
just bringing out the, the wonders and the beauties of, of the imagination yeah. of childhood. Yeah. It's like, there are two sort of experiences from my life. I think of one time my, I would just be sort of lost in thought a lot of times. And I loved Anna Green Gables partly because of this, because that's the way she is, you know, and she has yeah. a window friend and just things like that. And, and one time my mom's coming up to me, she's wanting me to get ready, get ready, get ready. And I'm like holding my shoe up, you know, to like, think, and, and, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I said, go away. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I think that this captures that spirit of, oh, and, perfect. And, yeah. and then also what I really could relate to is when I, uh, when I was 10, uh, my mom had my sister. So I was, she was pregnant when I was nine and I had, she had to go on full bed rest and I was, I've always been a journal keeper since I was that little amazingly enough and I you read over my journal and I talk about how worried I am and how is this when is this going to be over yeah when is it going to be done and I bet my my parents had no idea that I was feeling that way you and that I was fair, that worried. Yeah, yeah and I don't know. I, I just think this 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 film sort of captures that when you, you have their mother being sick and you just see the worry in May mm-hmm. and Satsuka that that they just want to, she wants to give this corn. She wants to do something to try to help her mother. And there's that worry and that concern. And, and it just feels so emotionally true. Yes. You know, I really appreciate you bringing up that example because that probably was very, res- I bet that resonated a lot with you, uh, that, that, yeah. that, that segment. Uh, I, I, I love that about this movie. One of, one of the thing, one theme I really, hate in film is is a is a child in peril i just it just upsets me you know it's yeah. like oh my gosh don't hang this child off a bridge or you know or don't make him cross the railroad trestle when there's a train coming and all that horrible stuff but i thought the, the way that this is handled in, in this film is so expert um because i think any well i guess you know the child the, i think the children can see this and feel the feel the fear but I think as an adult, you see, you see this, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, this child is missing, you know, who's yeah. gone, gone to try to do something nice for her mother because she's so worried about her, her sick mother. But, um, you know, the thing I love, one of the things I love about that, and I thought about it again last night is, so little May takes this corn who she thinks is going to heal her mother because, you know, it's, it's this, her, their, their nanny, their, their, their nice, their sweet old neighbor to write tells her that this, this, all of her vegetables have these healing powers, right? So cute little May runs off as she's upset and she runs off to save her mother. And we really don't see May then for what, a good 10 minutes or something. We're not seeing, we see yeah. May run off and then it's not like we see her suffering along the road or all, all of the stuff. We see the adults and we see the, her big sister all freaking out, but trying to help her and trying to find her. And I'm, I'm grateful. For, I, I think that's just, great storytelling number one i guess it's uh, from a selfish point we're not seeing this poor girl <laughs> suffering along the way although we know yeah. she is but like, they kind of save her you know and it's yeah. and, and it ends happily and i'm well, just grateful the way they handle it as a point of contrast and we we're just talking about on twitter with some of my friends that i really don't like the movie the rescuers i really right really we talked like about it. this yeah. talk about the contrast in that movie where you see penny and just so oh, much like being penny. just treated so horribly and so it's so hard <laughs> yeah and some people like that movie that's cool but i i really hate it 
And uh, as much as I can, I guess, hate a Disney movie, which is not <laughs> no, that that's much, fair. No, I hear you. Anyway. I love and, the rescuers, but I, I'm like, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the contrast, you know. Yeah, you really, it is. You really totally see. different contrast. And I think because also, like, we've seen May enough that we know she's okay. Yeah, like we sort of trust her as a character. That's right, we do. That she, you know, she's resourceful. I mean, she's clearly she acted out of. I mean, she was acting out of love for her mother, but she acted on emotion. She had a fight with her sister. And, yeah, but I'm with you. Just like I feel like May's going to be okay. I never really thought, like when they were looking for her at the bottom of the, the river, you know, or in that water. Just like she's not there. That's that wasn't mm-hmm. her shoe. I mean, I even knew that the first time I watched. It's like that, that's not her. Yeah, like you feel relief, Mm -hmm. but you also are, I don't know, you're not as worried as you might otherwise be. Yeah. And it's just not as emotionally manipulative. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's emotional, but it's not manipulative uh, in a frustrating kind of a way. And I I just love these two girls. I think they are so great. They are so well developed. I love these sisters. Like they feel real and they feel like it could be so cloying, but I don't think it is at all. No, it's 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 delightful. Is what yeah. I think. They, you know, the, their opening scene when they're when they're riding in with their dad. I mean, they're just laughing and having fun, and you, you know, you don't know what's going on emotionally with them initially because it hasn't been introduced. You know that their mother's ill, and mm-hmm. and then they're you know they're moving, and and hopefully they'll be reunited soon. But you know, we we just, we don't know that yet, and we just see and they, yeah, the, how the, how they play. And and uh, just they're silly, but it's but it's happy silly. It's not like yeah. these are the most obnoxious kids, you know. <laughs> I like want them to go away. I never felt I, I I've never felt that watching it. I just think all oh, these girls are cute, and, and again, it's yeah, as you say, it's authentic. It's coming from a real place. Yeah, I agree. And what do you think about the Totoro? Like, do you think that the Totoro is aware and sort of watching over? The kid, the girls, or do you think that uh, it's sort of more random? Well, you know, I, I think that the Totoro is aware, and but one of the things that I I love about this film too. I mean, hello, everything I love, I love everything about this film. I'll I'll, I'll try to stop using that phrase. One of the things I love is like all of the things I love about this film. Yeah, the the dad talks about. How how you know how, how there's there she's May is explaining to her dad what she saw, and that she's trying to find him again. You know that very for after May's first encounter, and the dad's not he's not having any problems with it. He's just like well, you know he's probably you know the what's well, I'm sorry I meant to I meant to write down the phrase but he's like the you know watcher of the forest or something you know he's like the uh, and and the dad like buys into them mythology of it he's not doubting the kids at all he's like no you didn't see anything you know that's that's just false and and so he doesn't put any doubt in the kids minds that that you know he's not telling that it didn't happen but i just the way i think the way it works i feel like he's watching over him because even though he's he's playful kind of in that winnie the pooh way you know that you were talking about Mm -hmm. i still feel like he's he's knowledgeable and then he knows what to do. He knows what to call the cat bus and all, you know, all, all that, all that stuff. What do you, what's your take? Yeah. On the dad. I think so. I think that he, he's just very loving and very 
kind and just wants his girls to be happy. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, if this is making them happy. And I, th- I think there's a little bit of the magical in him. I, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't know. It just, just works. Like, I mean, I, I love E.T., but one of the, the minor nitpicks that I have with that movie is I just thought his mom is. Yeah. Like, the mom. Get it together. Yeah. It's like, like, watch your kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> how can you not know all this is happening in your house? Like, he's just way more sort of like aware and mm-hmm. like uh, just wonderful. And just mm-hmm. the scene where they're like bathing is very joyous. And yeah. just the. Just all that things. It seems like I'm somebody who really sort of has sort of joy in the journey with things. And I don't know, just everything in this movie is so calibered. It's so even, it's just perfectly pitched and paced and, and you don't get any moments that to me at least feel shrill or feel Mm -hmm. off or, Mm -hmm. and I I really like the way that they sort of move you in slowly into the fantasy. You you start out with just these little, these little dust bunnies in the haunted house. Which are so cool. They're you know? so cute. <laughs> I love the desk bunnies. And I love how the dad describes them. You know, yeah. he's not, he's not doubting him and he's not saying, well, go clean them up or, you know, like, like some ornery adult. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's just, you know, yeah, believing that sure, this could, this could be. And isn't it neat? You know, we're in a yeah. haunted house. Yay. You know? <laughs> well, he's wanted to live in a haunted house. Right. <laughs> I, love, I just love that. And then you have like just the forest, and then you finally you meet the little Totoros, which are so cute. Love I, I love Totoros. them so love much. Them. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I like want one of my own. And I then, know, of course, you keep you know you keep crawling and crawling and crawling into the forest, and then she just plop lands on the big Totoro, and it's just so great. It's a it's, <laughs> it's such a perfect way to introduce his character. Yeah, you know how she how she plops on him, and again, you know he's sleeping and and. You think, and you just don't know what he's going to do. But it just their little communication is so cute. And yeah. again, that's where I think you know he's very Winnie the Pooh esque, where he's just you know, kind of wants his own Japanese pot of honey, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like he's he he's sort of ferocious at times, a little bit, mm-hmm. like a little bit like fierce, and but then. Uh, just that big smile, that like how smile. can you? Oh my gosh, yeah. it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's the it's, <laughs> it's the greatest character design. In fact, I was wondering about the character yeah. design of Totoro, and was thinking, you know, is it based on any kind of Japanese mythology, or do you are you aware of any of uh, that? I'll just see if there's anything here on the. Uh... Uh, on the Wikipedia page yes. here. Let's I was see. looking there too. <laughs> um, you know, there's some really good stuff here though. Just is that it's a world, wor- it's a world that is fully spiritually alive. Mm-hmm. And it's set in a period that is both modern and nostalgic. Then the film creates a fantastic yet strangely believable universe of supernatural creatures coexisting with modernity. And I think that's why it, it re- that mixture of nostalgia and Modern really yes. is why, like kids today, will be, oh, oh, you know, mm-hmm. loving it. And I was just watching today a different. I mean, this is not a kids movie, but I was watching a different movie from the seventies today, and it's it is harder to sort of get into some sometimes. You know, it's just hard to, but not with this. Like even though it's the eighties, but it, it, it there's no like 
there's no sort of transition. You just, it feels it's just so easy to sort of accept it. Yeah. Even more so than like some of the, like even say Nausicaa, I think is a little, it takes you a little bit more to get kind of immersed in that world, mm-hmm. I think a little bit. And mm-hmm. sort of, it feels like something that was made in like 1980, right. 84, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, so let's see. Point. See, Miyazaki says the, let's see. The, Miyazaki has said that Totoro is not a spirit. He's only an animal. I believe he lives in, lives on acorns. He's supposedly the forest keeper, but that's only a half-baked idea, a rough approximation. <laughs> so that's what he says. I don't know, right? No, that's, <laughs> that's, accept, that's what the that's artist fair. Says. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And he has some magic. And, yeah. And that, yeah, he, he is the forest keeper and, uh, and he makes all those trees. You know, I love the scene. Well, hello, there I am again. The scene where, <laughs> um, so the little girls have planted the the garden, right? Or May plants the garden, and then I love how she's wanting it, everything to grow, right? And then they both have what you, it's never explained whether it's a dream or not. I think it's a dream because what have what happens in the morning? But they go out. They both go out at night, and Totoro comes, and then the plants start growing uncontrollably, almost like kind of a Jack and the Beanstalk sort of thing. And that giant, another of those giant trees appears. And that, that, um, of course that imagination or that animation is so marvelous in that sequence. Oh. But, but, uh, but the, just the, the wonder of that whole imagery. And then of course in the morning, the plants have grown a little. They've come up, they've they've popped up above the ground. The tree's not there, but, what a wonderful yeah. experience that is, you know, yeah. what a wonderful imagery that is. Yeah, it's so good. And what do you think of the cat bus? Do you like the cat bus? Oh, I love the cat bus. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I'm not a big cat fan. You know, I've, I've said that I'm allergic to cats. So I never really like, um, I mean, this is just so nitpicky. I never really like cat eyes, just generally. Just oh just, yeah, <laughs> but I have to tell you, the I'm cat also bus, allergic to cats. The actually. cat bus is so imaginative. Yeah, and and I want to ride in it. You know, I like I and I just I love how I love how it comes to rescue, and I love all of its legs, and I yeah. love the furry benches that you sit on, and I love how the door opens in that kind of magical. It just like just creates an opening rather than you know something on a hinge and uh oh when i love it. yeah I love when it, it brings up may on the thing it's oh, just like it's hey. so great i know <laughs> it's just and and the rats that are kind of that are the are the reflecting lights or you know are creating the lights you know with their eyes i mean everything yeah. about that design is so imaginative yeah, and it's, so fun seriously yeah. i just say i, I want to ride in the cat bus I know. Uh, well, did you hear that they're opening up a Ghibli uh, yes. amusement park? I was thinking about that as I was, you know, watching the film last night. Because again, who doesn't want to go there? I think. Oh my gosh! As as we were saying, you know, as, I mean, as you were just, uh, so said so well about that environment that's uh, just set up immediately. You know, the the beauty of the nature. That house is so magical. I mean, who doesn't want to go? walk through that, you know, or live in that house and, and the, and the forest and, oh, it's, it's, it's so wonderful. Cause yeah, it doesn't feel like it's like this 
house set back in time, although, I mean, it kind of is, you know, look, but, but it just, just looks magical and wonderful. Yes. Yes, please. I want to go to that theme park. (laughs) I think a big key to making this work is also the sound design, which Studio Ghibli is always amazing Mm, at, you know, it's just like feels so lush and it Mm -hmm. feels so like when they're stepping on grass, it feels Mm -hmm. like grass. Yeah. Agreed. It helps it not feel dated because it just still feels so real and so great. And, and then the music, Joe Hisashi. Oh my gosh! I think it's music, one of the Rachel. the great travesties of the of the Oscars. Is the fact that he's never been nominated because yeah. he is amazing. I mean, his scores are amazing, first of all, but the mm. way they work with the story is so mm. good. The music is so good in that, and what a pleasure it was to listen to that oh. soundtrack in the theater. You know, because yes. again. I've enjoyed it every time I've watched it on, on a smaller screen, but it was just extra wonderful to, well, to be it, able to it, hear it, to really hear it. Yeah. And it doesn't tell you how to feel. It just is, is, is the mm-hmm. perfect sort of accompaniment to drawing you in. And, and uh, like, I love John Williams, obviously amazing, but I felt like his score in Lincoln was really like, tell you how to feel, tell me how to feel, tell me how to feel. And there's just certain scores like that where it's just like, it feels a little overbearing. Mm-hmm. And I really just, I've never felt that way in any of his scores. It always just immerses you into the story, yeah. makes you feel part of the story. It does, really and subtle. Yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. really, really good stuff. Uh, yeah, in, agreed. Uh, from him. So. I I love it. I just, and it's fun because there's, there's some synthesizer, you know, used in, in, in quite a bit of it, which is fun because it kind of gives it an eighties vibe. Yeah. But it doesn't just, you know, hit you over the head with a, you know, like, I think it's, well, it's that mixture of the nostalgia the and the modern. Right. Exactly. Like talking about. And it works and it works so well. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are, because there's people who dislike every movie known to man, but man, I, I just, I can't imagine that many people disliking this movie. It's just so charming and yeah. so lovely. And yeah. You know that first scene too, when, when uh, Totoro flies on that spinning top thing? Oh yeah, that's really good too. That is the most adorable scene. And it's it's framed so well because one of those shots it's, you know, showing the whole um, field or forest or whatever. And then Totoro and everybody is gripping onto, you know, the two girls are gripping onto him as well as the two, I think the other two Totoros are sitting on him as well. He just, fly, you know, he, how he flies across the screen and he's just smiling and that beautiful soundtrack is playing and just thinking, this is just another one of those great magical flying moments in animated movies that I love. And this yeah. is one of the best. It's one of the best yeah. uh, segments for that, too. Brilliant. Brilliant. It made my uh, top 20. I did a countdown. This was in 2015. A top top 50 animated films of all time that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And it made my top top 15. Oh, absolutely. I think... Revisiting it again last night, it's it's solidified too. It's yeah. it's for me. It's the it's my favorite Studio Ghibli film, and yeah. it would be it would most likely be in my top twenty. If I I think I could safely say. 
back I would then put it I in my had, top 20. Back then I had Spirited Away at three, and then I had uh, Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. at, I think, 10 or 11, and then uh, Totoro at 12. But I don't know. I think I might switch at least to put this ahead of Mononoke, as much as I love that film. You know, I, I love those films, too. It's tough. Uh, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see them again, you know, know. And, and on the big screen. And in this context, it'll be fun to, to compare them. I, I rank Totoro higher than those other ones. Most, because, and not to diminish that those other ones aren't just absolutely brilliant, because they are. They're, yeah. they're, they're fantastic films. There's something about that childhood innocence that's brought up again, you know, just as in Totoro, that, I think is so unique and so hard to do yet. It's done with such flair and, and wonder and beauty that, 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 that would, that just puts it on the top of the list of the studio yeah. Ghibli films for me. Yeah. I, I, I can totally see it. And yeah. I, I don't know. I have to give it some thought now that I've seen yeah. it on the big screen. There's something to that. There's something but, to it. And this, you know, it's short where these other ones, there's, they're longer and uh, yeah, you get more investment in it. They're so dramatic and they're so cool, but yeah. still the simple, beautiful little story about these sisters, it just really steals my heart. And, and, uh, uh, and also again, I love those other films, but as you mentioned at the beginning of this, Totoro makes you feel so happy, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, that's just worth, um, a lot because so many films, don't make you feel happy. I mean, they're wonderful and they're artistic and you have a great experience, but, but there's, there's something really special about yeah. Totoro. You could watch whenever you're going through a trial, like they're going through trial with their, uh, with their mom. And, and I like the fact that the, the focus isn't really on the illness. It's not. I know uh, they don't even mention what she's got. Yeah. Cold, but kind of as a setback, but right. Yeah. And it's cause it's all about, it's sort of like me and my journal, like the worry, yes. the focus is on the the girls and they're mm-hmm. worrying, mm-hmm. not on the mother and sort of melodrama involving right. that. Right. And I, I think it captures that so well. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I have to admit, I left, <laughs> sounds weird, but I left a little, a little bit, I left a little bit sad just because this year I just feel, there have been a few surprises as far as animation goes. But for the most part, you know, it's just like, I feel like you watch something like that and, and you just think, oh man, we've lost so much. Like, it's just, it just makes, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to go see Despicable Me 3 this week and we've got the Emoji movie coming up and we've got like Job more. 2 and yeah. so many that are just, and, uh, and <laughs> you know, that I go to thinking, and I don't know, I just think, boy, uh, we, there's just something we're missing, even mm-hmm. from even from good films, competent films, uh, it's been a long time since I, maybe since Inside Out, that I saw something that I could even put in the same discussion as something like this. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm with you. It is sad because, again, as we were talking about, there are no fart jokes in my neighbor, yeah. Totoro. <laughs> you know, no bathroom humor. And, and none of the stuff that, you know, say, like a DreamWorks film relies on heavily in its, yeah. in its script. And song Song of the Sea, I would put in this camp. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very similar, I think, in, in focusing yes. on the worries of ch- of children and, and them overcoming grief yeah. and, and taking them seriously. That That's one thing I love is that I feel like many, many uh, 
movies supposedly made for children. First of all, a lot of them aren't really made for children because they have all this adult content. But second of all, they, they're kind of patronizing. Right. To kids and think they're sort of stupid. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I hear you. And I, I, it seems to me, sadly, the majority of the films, uh, I think of animated or just of children's films generally, have turned into that rather than focusing on the wonders of childhood and, and almost, I don't know what's the best way to say this racial, but cause I don't feel like, again, there's nothing heavy in my neighbor Totoro. It's not, yeah, that's the funny thing. Um, but it, uh, they just handle the whole issue. I think of childhood innocence so well, it's almost like it, keeps it intact, you know, rather than trying to destroy these kids uh, or, or, you know, in, in their growth, it's not like they're um, trying to force some lesson on them or, or, or something. Yeah. It's, it's just done. It's just done in such a beautiful way. Well, I wish, I wish more films could be like that. Yeah. And like Setsuko and May, they are listened to, and taken seriously mm-hmm. throughout the film. There's right. never a point where there's sort of an attitude of like, oh, those kids. No, every single time an adult interacts with them, they are listening and trying to understand them and their perspective and, mm-hmm. and those things like that. And all yeah. of that just adds to this feeling of just warmth and love and nurturing mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and just yeah. everything. Yeah, they're right. The kids, the kids are really respected in that. In yeah. that. And, and, that's one of the things I think I do, well that I admire just about Japanese culture. I feel like they respect each other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in all, in all age, in all age groups. Uh, I mean, there is, there's kind of that little, and I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a flirtation or just kind of a, a thing about the age between the neighbor boy and, and, uh, the, the big, the big sister. Um, you know, they kind of stick their tongues at each other and make faces or grimace, you know. And uh, that just seems to me, again, though, more authentic. Like, that's the age where yeah. you're like, ew, you know, girls are icky or whatever, you know, <laughs> and uh, until they grow out, until they grow out of it. But then but they become friends, right? And, and, yeah, and, and it provides that really great moment when she needs to call her dad, like, mm-hmm. you know, if they hadn't developed that relationship. Right, right. He, yeah. he, helps, he helps them, yeah. And... So. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it, it is, it is depressing when you look at, yeah, you think of, oh my goodness, we have to see the emoji movie after, after you see something like, something like this film, which is yeah. such a masterpiece. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's basically all my questions. Do you have any uh, other things you want to talk about about the film? Well, just, a, just a couple things, Rachel. Yeah, please. Uh, I, uh, one other just fun thing about the, again, another shout out to G kids. Did you stay and see the short films after? Yeah, they were cute. They were cute. Again, not necessarily brilliant, but I was just happy that they did that. Cause they, again, the film was short and I don't know if they're going to do that for everyone, but it just, uh, it was fun to see some different animation, uh, yeah. you know, the, from, from some, from some different animation studios. They showed one called the pocket man and, it it appeared. I wonder how much computer generated work that it had. Probably some, but it also appeared to do have like some kind of stop motion mm-hmm. with, like with, paper, pa- with paper. At least is what it looked like, or it could have been CG. You know, uh, 
designed to look that way. But it was it was it was, it was, it was cute. Yeah. And then uh, Snack Attack was another one that looked very uh, European to me. I'm not sure exactly where that animation studio was from mm. that did that. It was a, another CG piece, but a yeah. cute story, a cute story, and and uh, a fun, just a fun way of just showing different animation studios around the world, how they're, how they're working yeah. and what they're doing. I wish I had known, maybe they'd said somewhere, but I, are those like current, like this year? No, they didn't say. And that was the bummer. It's just, uh, I need to, I'll need to do my homework and, and uh, figure yeah, I mean, out where I'm those are from. I'm curious to know if Me like too. they'd be eligible for Academy, you know, nominations right. or, or what. Right. Or this is you just know. something that has, was developed over the years and just she kids thought it would be fun to tack this on to some of their, Mm-hmm. some of their releases i noticed that yeah. there's um also the other thing um that was that was really fun in this too um was just as i mentioned seeing in the theater and also just hearing the crowd reactions over different yeah. things and uh i love that because there was just you know you hear the ooh and they're on oh that's so cute or you know or kind of a gasp or just just different things again the joys of seeing a movie you know, collectively in a, in a big audience, but this was an audience that really loved and appreciated this film. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that can get annoying, but in this case it wasn't, it was just all part of a sort of collective experience when you were yeah. like little kids being like, Ooh, Oh mom, <laughs> you know, like kind of thing. It's just, it's just like, yes, this yeah. is what it's about. This is I what know. animation's about. This mm-hmm. is what movies are about. This is yeah. the best of the best. Yes, it is. Well said. And it really, you know, it it inspired me again to, to see it, and I just yeah. M- my hope is that you know th- these animations, you know these major animation studios are going to hopefully aspire to that kind of work. Still, I, I you know, it I would mean, be I'm, really I'm a, nice if this was kind of a, a kick in the butt mm-hmm. to them. The studio should yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like you hope that they're going or that they're going to pay attention, and I. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Disney and a huge Pixar fan, and I think that m- most of the time, I think those studios really try hard. Yeah. I'm not saying these other studios don't. I just feel like they are relying on some other stuff that might not be that level of of wonder and excellence. You yeah. know, there's no. I- there's nothing like a Disney animated film. I mean, they've had very, there's ones that I might not be particularly uh, bonded with or particularly like, but I, I, there's very few that I could flat out say are like lazy or junk yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that I, when I was watching the film last night, uh, it was that top that scene again, where Totoro was flying around on the, on that spinning for lack yeah. of a better word, I'm calling it a top. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is, but but uh, it it made me think of that really great scene in Big Hero Six when Hero and Baymax are flying, and there's just something magical about you know flying. Well, and Peter Pan too. You know, that's such a yeah. wondrous you know childhood dream to be able to fly, and and these were all captured wonderfully. I wondered if if some of those artists at Disney. Couldn't have, might have been inspired by some of that. Clearly, the Peter Pan artists weren't because Miyazaki was probably inspired by Peter Pan. <laughs> but, but, uh, 
you wonder if this, some of the artists working on Big Hero Six were. I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially that film, because it, it there are a lot of I feel like similarities, at least in the design of right. Remix and Totoro. So right. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were if they yeah. were a. Inspired by that, plus San Francisco, there's definitely a, a, a yeah, that, Japanese that Asian, yeah, that Japanese yeah. element, yeah, well, anime and then, feel. And then, final out, truth be told, I mean, I did, I came home and I looked on Amazon.com for stuff Totoro's, just because it was like, <laughs> I want one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy one, but they're I so stinky cute. I have, I have one, but I don't. It's in my I, room, but I don't I, have one, and I've wanted one, and I just think after I saw this one again, I've got, I've just, I've got to find one. I just have to decide there. There are actually quite a few choices, which is fun. Well, um, if you if you go to Comic Con in September, there's a whole booth that's all right. just that's all just this. Yeah, we can get one there. <laughs> exactly, and then I also saw too. Uh, there was this guy I follow on Twitter. Uh, there's there was a Studio Ghibli pop up store in L.A. that had this line oh that went for gosh. blocks. People were so into this, but again, just buying all this cute Totoro and other stuff. There at this at this pop up store, I thought, oh, that's so cool! I want to, I want, I want to go. There. That would be fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> that cute, happy Japanese stuff. Like your awesome shirt, Rachel. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Studio yeah. Ghibli Abbey Road shirt, which is the best. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, in fact, I think we're going to see most of yeah, these, except I, I for think... Monoke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see the rest. <laughs> yeah, that's which is cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, so the next one coming up is Kiki's Delivery Kiki's Service. Kiki's Delivery Service, which, again, I've never seen on the big screen. I'm excited. Neither. I've actually done a podcast on it, though, with my uh, friend Chris. Oh, cool. Uh, but uh, he was new to Studio Ghibli, so I think this will be a slightly different. Uh, he'd never seen, really, I think, any anime before. So I think this will be a slightly different kind of perspective and a different thing uh, going on here, so. I'm excited to, I'm really excited to see it because I love Kiki. Yeah, fun, it's super, great. really, really fun. I'm, ex- so. I'm excited too. All I'm right. for all of them. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank this you, was Rachel. Really Always a pleasure. To talk to Jubilee, talk Totoro. Uh, so, where can people reach you? And you said at the beginning, but. Thanks. Yes. Uh, I'm at stanfordclark.com. You can, there's a link to my blog there. Uh, also at animationfascination.net. Awesome. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks very much. I'll have all the information in the description section and uh, we'll look forward to next month. Yeah. Thank you again. (laughs)